Pro Group Management. Workers' Comp that works for you. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers. I'm Jill Tolles. I'm the Executive Director of the Gwynn Center, filling in for Sam Shad. On today's broadcast, we have Ben Kiekefer, Chief of Staff to Governor Lombardo, for the entire show on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. Big R is Northern Nevada's number one golden fire wood pellet supplier. More heat, less ash, 100% natural, and no additives. And there's only one place that stocks this many wood pellets, and that's Big R in Sparks, Winnemucca, Fallon, Fernley, and Lovelock. A river of wood pellets at Big R. The casino industry drove Nevada's economy for decades. By the 1990s, however, the state's sole industry was in sharp decline. Many were losing their homes, many were leaving the state. Is Reno on track to be the Detroit of the West? Was an October 2010 Reno Gazette Journal headline. Nevada knew it was time for a change and a time to diversify. Story County took that lead, took risks, invested tens of millions transforming its desert into a place of opportunity and a future for Nevada families needing something new. That desert now provides thousands of high-paying tech, advanced manufacturing, and energy careers at companies like Tesla, Panasonic, Google, Switch, and Redwood Materials. Story County transformed Northern Nevada forever, and the tide of opportunity has raised all vessels through construction contracts, high-paying careers, and the power of payroll. Tens of millions have been generated in sales and property tax, permits, and other revenues for Reno, Sparks, Washoe County, and for all of Nevada. Enough, in fact, to generate a surplus after public services are provided. And best of all, a sustainable economic climate has been created, enabling our children to stay in Nevada and live prosperous lives in their home state. Story County, improving Northern Nevada one industry at a time. is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad on No Holds Barred Political Forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers broadcast headquarters, here is Sam Shad. And back on Nevada Newsmakers with Ben Kiekefer, Chief of Staff to Governor Lombardo. Ben, this is not your first time on Nevada Newsmakers. In fact, your first time was back in 2008. A hey, lot wow. has happened since then. So you want to tell us a little bit just about your journey, starting all the way from journalism yeah. to where we are today. Sure. I, geez, 2008, I must have been running for the state senate the first time. Um, yeah. I was, um, I, I came to Nevada as a reporter, uh, legislative relief for the AP back in 2003 to um, cover that legislative session. Um, that was my introduction to Nevada politics and government, which mm -hmm. was quite a lesson. Um, ultimately went um, for the Reno Gazette Journal for a couple of years covering local government, um, into the Gibbons administration briefly, um, DHHS as a PIO inside the executive branch, um, ran for the state senate from there, um, spent, um, you know, I was elected three times, spent um, almost 12 years in the state senate before uh, I was appointed to the gaming commission a year there, um, and then the governor asked me to serve in this role. It's been a pretty circuitous route, but it's been fun, and uh, a lot of different windows into uh, the functions of government in this state. You really have played a lot of different roles. Okay, F favorite one. Oh, this is, this is the favorite. <laughs> uh, Chief of Staff to the Governor is a unique post that gives you insight into things that 
uh, you didn't even know happened. So um, it is a, um, it's an honor to serve, but it's, it's fun. It's a great job. So a lot of people uh, focus on the legislative session, and understandably so. There's a lot to pay attention to, but there is so much that happens behind the scenes, particularly for a new administration, new governor. Can you tell us a little bit more about that first year? Uh, well, the, first off, the transition is incredibly intense for a, for a new administration, new governor, right? So yeah. election is in uh, early November, first week of November, and then, you know, for the governor, there was a delayed call, so ultimately that happens. Then you build out a transition team, which is where I was originally asked to serve, and, um, and all that time, you're working on building out a policy agenda, building out a gubernatorial staff, building out a cabinet, evaluating who's mm-hmm. already there, who you want to keep, um, working um, with the um, existing administration to facilitate you know smooth handoff and transition um, all the while working on a state of the state address a budget that needs to be massaged and turned over to the legislature Um, and all of that happens between the middle of November and really the middle of January so it is a really short time frame to get an incredible amount done um, and it is all hands on deck you know all all the time so um, I think we're really successful in um, getting up to that point where the governor turns his budget over to the legislature and he delivers a state of the state of the address, and you know then it's 120 days of legislative session, um, and then it's about two and a half weeks of dealing with bills that you have to veto and budget, um, or, or, or veto or sign, um, and then you move over into the implementation phase of yeah. all of the legislation that was just passed and trying to follow through on executive orders that were issued earlier in the year and. Um, Suddenly, it's December, (laughs) and uh, it is uh, wrapping up year one of the Lombardo administration. Wow, just what you packed into those first two months would take most organizations a full year, so that's pretty intense. What were some of the highlights, particularly from the infrastructure perspective? Sure. Um, well, there are, I'll think of infrastructure in a couple of different ways. Yeah. Uh, first, physical infrastructure. You know, we were blessed with having um, a significant amount of cash on hand when we walked through um, the door of the governor's office, and we decided to use that on one-time expenses um, rather than building up operating costs that we thought would be unsustainable over the long term. So we invested heavily in the state's capital infrastructure plan mm-hmm. and uh, spent about a, you know more than a billion dollars in our capital improvement plan for the state. So that's mm-hmm. the physical infrastructure that the state has. And we, for the first time, really invested in state buildings. The last mm-hmm. two buildings that had been built by the state for state um, office buildings, one we're getting ready to get rid of, Grant Sawyer Building, and the other's already, one get, already getting a new roof. So um, there's been a long neglect in building out the sort of state infrastructure for state employees. Um, So we decided to invest heavily in that. Um, And from a um, sort of personal infrastructure perspective, you know, we decided that uh, we really needed to get the state's um, uh, operating structure back on track and Mm -hmm. running in the right direction. And that starts with the people, um, the state employees who work every day to try to Mm -hmm. make government function. And um, so that included not just giving them a better place to work every day yeah. um, by investing in all this new physical capital, um, but you know significant pay raises, um, giving them um, the ability to um, hopefully recruit and retrain more employees so that they're not doing two jobs every day, just the one that they were hired for. Um, and you know we're making significant progress. We walked in with a um, high vacancy rate in the mid 20s. We're getting it down into the low 20s. It'll be below 20% soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and really making progress at 
building out um, a government structure that is going to lay the foundation for the governor to drive agenda for the next seven years. You have to mm -hmm. have government working in order to be able to do that, and um, we're getting close to that, so it's, it's, it's a good place. Excellent. So what got us into that situation in the first place? Why, why such a need for stability? It sounds like there was a lack of investment in buildings, the actual mm -hmm. physical infrastructure, but particularly with personnel and the vacancy rates, is some of that COVID? Was it just long overdue investment? Was it how Nevada compares to other states in terms of our investment in government services? Uh, yeah, I think there's been a historic underinvestment in um, state government, right? Mm -hmm. And um, whenever the legislature's in session, right, it becomes a fight to get dollars into the K-12 classroom for the most part, right? And mm -hmm. um, that always becomes the first and oftentimes the last priority of the legislature. Yeah. Um, you and I were both served in that. We know what that dynamic is like. It's hard enough to get money for K-12, much less uh, healthcare and, you know, state employees have fallen to the bottom of the list year after yeah. year. It had been since 1985 since uh, state employees had received anything more than a 5% cost of living increase and since 1995 since they've even gotten 5%. Wow. So um, with inflation, that um, we saw in the past couple of years, um, the, um, the, the, the take home pay for state employees was falling further and further behind. Sure. Um, so we had to not just deal with that inflationary cost, but also uh, address a long degradation of their purchasing power within the state, especially as it compares to the private sector and local government. So All right. um, it's, been, it's been tough. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. The Nevada Builders Alliance has been protecting the interests of the construction industry for over 50 years. Our programs save members thousands of dollars every year and allow them to provide much needed benefits to their employees. Our industry also allows Nevada to grow. If you're thinking about a career in the construction industry, reach out. And if you haven't thought of a career in construction, what are you waiting for? We are the Nevada Builders Alliance. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NV Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low. And our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way. Because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. Early in the morning or throughout the night, professional truck drivers are on the job, serving you safely moving freight that's crucial to our economy. From the oldest industries to our newest innovators, from the exotic to the everyday, trucks are everywhere, moving everything. Never afraid to embrace a future that makes Nevada and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. Pro Group Management offers workers' comp services to a growing number of industries. As businesses grow and change with the times, the need for a solid workers' comp program must be flexible and up-to-date. The evolving nature of regulations can make staying ahead of complex tasks challenging. But ProGroup Management simplifies the work so your industry can move forward and succeed. ProGroup Management. Workers' comp that works for you. Like a traditional handmade basket, retail is woven into the fabric of life in Nevada. From big box to mom and pop, retail supports our communities in countless ways. 
jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over 1 in 10 workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail. R-A-N-N-V dot org. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we're here with Ben Keefer, Chief of Staff to Governor Lombardo. Ben, when you left the legislative building in 2021, you were finishing up your 12th year in office as a senator. And then when you came back in 2023, you were in a different role, Chief of Staff with the Governor's Administration. What was that transition like for you? I found it incredibly um, pleasant, fun, right? The, the change from um, a policymaking branch to um, an administrative branch uh, made a lot of sense to me. You know, um, I had actually served two years in the executive branch prior to becoming a legislator, so I had some sort of grounding in how mm-hmm. the executive branch worked and functioned. Um, it, but then um, making that flip to um, trying to implement laws that the legislature passes um, seemed logical to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, you know, taking on the role of chief of staff and then working um, sort of immediately with my former colleagues in the legislature, um, I think was was a benefit. It gave uh, me the opportunity to help transition um, a governor who was new to state government, right? Um, governor Lombardo served um, his entire life in local government at the sheriff's level in Clark County. And um, so helping facilitate that transition into um, state government, um, I think it helped, and I think it gave the the governor and the office and the administration um, a a good sort of footing as we Mm -hmm. went into um, what was, um, you know, a a sometimes difficult legislative session. So you had your own transition in your role, but Mm -hmm. there was also a transition statewide. Um, We had a transition in the governor's office and Mm -hmm. also in the other executive branch positions in Mm -hmm. a number of those positions. So... What was the dynamic shift from a uh, before we had a Democratic governor, Democrat majorities in each house, now you had a Republican governor and other Republican executive branch officers mixed with Democrat. Um, what was that mix like? What were the dynamics in the 2023 session from your perspective? Okay. Well, you know, when, when um, the governor was elected and asked me to build out a team, um, you know, he said very clearly that it was... Um, you know, we're going to find the right people to do the job. I don't care what political party they are. And we kept people in from the prior administration, both in cabinet positions and a few within the governor's office. Yeah. Um, and um, they're still there and they're doing great, right? So it's been a, um, uh, an effort at finding the right team and making yeah. um, uh, decisions about building up um, uh, a, a group of people to fill specific roles and do specific jobs. And I, we're, we're incredibly happy with the folks who uh, are there. Uh, when it came to change at the legislature, I think it was a little bit different, right? The, um, the, over the past four years, um, you know, a single party had unilateral control of both, both chambers of the legislature and the governor's office, and um, changing the mindset of legislators, many of whom had never served under um, a Republican governor or ever in a minority position at all, um, was a little bit of a, a shift. And mm-hmm. I think that there, was, there were different... Um, processes by which people went to, to deal with that change. Some of some of them were in a mindset that, you know, the, the new Republican governor shouldn't get any wins and we're just going to try to block everything. There are some who wanted to work together collaboratively to try to build out 
successes for the state, mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of everything in between. Right. Um, so um, it was a it was a unique um, environment for a lot of people. It was the first time for many, yeah. um, and but overall, I think in the end we came together and did a lot of good things for the state. Yeah. Well, you and I both know that the majority of bills actually pass with bipartisan support, yes. and. Um, quite a few more than people realize with mm -hmm. unanimous support that mm -hmm. are just the basics of running a government. Um, but it's those contentious issues that tend to get most of the attention. Mm -hmm. So how do you, I know you get the privilege of spending more time on the policy side of things mm -hmm. than the campaign political side of things, but we are still living in that world. What do we have to look forward to between now and November? <laughs> Uh, well, the um, a presidential election will always make for, uh, and a state election will always make for um, a lot of politics in Nevada, right? We know what that looks like. Um, you know, I've had the, um, I, I see my role as chief of staff as really trying to absorb all of the political junk that comes into the governor's office so the entire rest of the staff can just do their jobs, right? Yeah. So um, part of my job is sort of being the block uh, on anything political coming into the office. And I think we've done a really good job of keeping that wall up between a political side and a, and a policy side and an operational side of state government. Um, that's the governor's directive that, you know, we don't we do not do politics in the governor's office. Mm. Um, there's an there's outside folks who do that stuff, mm. um, and we operate state government. We're a service organization, and that's our focus. Nice. Um, so I think we've been um, good at that so far, um, and uh, I know that's the governor's intent to continue on that pathway. Um, but the you know the political dynamics are going to heat up. It's now going to be mm -hmm. campaign season, um, and I think you're just going to see uh, a lot of a lot of those sorts of things bleed over into the rhetoric that gets discussed. But I can tell you this: that um, the Lombardo administration, the governor's office, the governor, his staff will continue to focus on operating state government. We will not be running any political operations out of the governor's office. Excellent. And we'll be right back on Nevada Newsmakers after this short break. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. For 50 years, Nevada Heating has been keeping people comfortable in their homes. At Nevada Heating, call the Do It Right guys and get the heat back on today. Call us today and we'll fix it today. That's the Nevada Heating way. Why freeze for days on end when Nevada Heating can get your furnace fixed today? Call us today and we'll fix it today at 323-5585 or schedule us on our website at nevadaheating.com. As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development, building community with every project, adding beauty, adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, go to tollsdevelopment.com. Tollsdevelopment.com. Southwest Specialties has been making the homes and businesses of Nevada beautiful for more than 20 years. Their experienced designers and craftsmen create the walkways, backyards, water features, and a variety of outdoor cooking areas that add curb appeal and value to your investment. Call today or visit them at their website and see how they can make your outdoor spaces special. Southwest Specialties, creative, distinctive, 
beautiful. 7 at 7 is a newscast built for your smartphone. It's a seven minute newscast available every weekday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. at LVRJ.com. We don't waste your time and we give you the day's top stories. We at the RJ have noticed some similarities between us and a certain BTS character, RJ. Plus the latest in Las Vegas business, weather, health and entertainment news. 7 at 7 streaming now on your smartphone. This is Nevada Newsmakers. Back on Nevada Newsmakers, I'm here with Ben Kiekeffer, Chief of Staff to Governor Lombardo. And we were just talking about some of the dynamics and the highlights of the last session and what we have to look forward to through campaign season, but government needs to keep working. So what are some of the top priorities right now during the interim? And so um, there are a, a number of the governor's policy agenda items that uh, we're in implementation phase of based on success during the last legislative session. And first and foremost in that is going to be accountability within our K-12 education system. Um, we, you know, the state invested more than $2 billion in new funding in K-12, and the governor's been very clear that he expects to see results tied to that additional funding. So um, there are accountability metrics that have been implemented into the um, Commission on school funding that are being built out, but the governor's also rolled out, based on Senate Bill 98, the past, um, the acing accountability metric that um, where he's outlined a vision to see improvement in primarily early childhood literacy, um, numeracy up to eighth grade, and then college and career readiness at the high school level. And mm -hmm. we've outlined the metrics that uh, we're going to be tracking and the governor's going to be tracking um, to see improvement in those areas. Mm -hmm. And th the question has always been, well, what, what happens if, right? And if we don't see improvement, what is that going to look like? Mm -hmm. And um, there, is, there are a lot of options that we can um, start looking at when it comes to holding districts accountable for how they spent the money to improve student outcomes. Mm -hmm. um, the governor is going to continue to be focused on that. And those range from um, empowering the State Department of Education to more effectively monitor and um, you know, work with districts to ensure that um, they're, they're spending money, money in ways that will improve student outcomes, mm -hmm. um, all the way to, you know, really structural changes in some of the school districts that are unable to make those changes. Mm -hmm. So um, accountability in K-12 is going to be a big one and something you're going to, I think, hear a lot about mm -hmm. over the next, you know, year and a half into the next legislative session. Mm -hmm. um, the, um, you know, another key focus of the administration is going to be um, continuing to help um, Nevadans deal with the rising cost of living and inflation in the state, um, affordable housing issues, working with the federal government to try to get more federal land freed up for development for housing, um, coping with um, burdensome regulatory and tax costs that um, are impacting people's cost of living. Um, so that's another primary focus of the administration. And finally, I think what you're going to continue to see is um, an effort to um, make the governor's statement that Nevada is open for business um, a reality. We're going to work mm -hmm. to continue to diversify and grow our economy, create new high-paying jobs, focus on industries that um, are natural fits for the state, work with our uh, regional development authorities like EDON and the LVGEA um, to um, attract high-quality jobs to our state to provide opportunity for your kids and my kids to come and spend their lives here. Yeah, wonderful. So how much of that can be accomplished through the implementation process, mm -hmm. through the regulatory process in this interim, and then what do we need to wait for 2025? Mm -hmm to see movement? Yeah, well, I think it's all of the above, right? Yeah. I think when uh, we talk about 
um, K-12 accountability. Um, a lot of what's going to happen between now and then is monitoring to make sure that um, the outcomes that the governor's identified are being um, tracked and um, can be um, evaluated fairly when the time comes to look at um, actions if there's, there's, there's not the success that we're hoping for. Um, but when it comes to the um, sort of nuts and bolts of economic development and diversification, um, we, we do that every day, right? The governor makes phone calls to CEOs on recruitment. Mm -hmm. He's taking trips both domestically and internationally to recruit yeah. business to the state, and we're seeing success. So um, we've had, I think, job growth every month of the governor's administration to date. Yeah. So there, is, um, there are good things happening, um, and we are in the process of implementing what we can, knowing that additional legislation is going to be necessary in 25 and um, you know you, 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 you play the cards that you have right um, mm -hmm. and we're, I think we think we have the tools to do a lot mm -hmm. uh, but we also know that come 2025 in the next legislative session we're going to be working with the legislature to um, make our hand even stronger. Yeah. So if you could pick one top legislative priority in 2025 what do you think it will be? Like, I think it's, it's going to continue to be K-12 education for the governor yeah. and um, ensuring that um, the outcomes that we expect are being delivered on, right? We're going to have to do some follow-up. We've, you know, the governor invested $140 million in early childhood literacy um, to ensure that um, children are able to read by um, grade level by the third grade. Um, we're going to need to double down on that and ensure that um, those those funds are being implemented appropriately. We, the, the Department of Education is, is putting them out. There's a lot of um, pre-K literacy programs that are being developed and all of those sorts of things. So uh, continue to focus on that. Um, and, you know, we can't take our eye off the ball that we expect results out of investment. And um, that's, that's going to be a primary focus. Yeah. Well, we've certainly seen success in targeted spending mm -hmm. in specific areas with high return on investment. And Absolutely. Hopefully we'll continue to see that moving forward. Hopefully. Well, thank you so much, Ben. It's been a pleasure having Thanks, you Jill. on Nevada Newsmakers. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again on our next broadcast. Snorkel personnel lifts are engineered beyond the industry norm to an uncommon level of safety and durability and with an eye towards sustainability. They're also designed to be simple to operate and maintain. Snorkel, always at the cutting edge of progress. Brian Culp of Photography was born in the rolling hills of Massachusetts, and now he can help you experience the stunning beauty of Nevada in a whole new way through the power of flight. Flying has always been a passion for Brian, and at Brian Culp of Photography, he can make your imagination soar. Brian has the creative mind and tools to tell your unique story. Experience the bird's eye view at brianculpaphotography.com. Imagine a magical garden that feeds Carson City's hungry and homeless, teaches our high school students agriculture, creates hanging floral displays to beautify downtown, and yet charges nothing. It's not magic. It's the Greenhouse Project. It's real, it's growing, and it needs your help. Go online to carsoncitygreenhouse.org so together we can grow it forward. 
Everyone is talking about opioids, but they're not the only drugs that can be harmful if taken in large quantities or not as prescribed. You also need to be aware of side effects from anxiety drugs, muscle relaxants, sleep aids, and stimulants. Mixing prescription drugs with other drugs or alcohol can be dangerous. If you take an Ambien with a glass of wine, it may be enough to stop you from breathing. Prescribed drugs can be just as dangerous as illegal drugs. Take medications only as directed. Modern Boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions. Stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suites. Brand your event throughout the property. Flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization. Take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. Thanks for joining Nevada Newsmakers. I'm Jill Tolles, Executive Director of the Glenn Center, filling in for Sam Shad, and we'll see you on the next broadcast.